Well, good morning on this beautiful sunny Thursday in the 11th week of Ordinary Time. I think many of us can remember as little ones <clears throat> being in the company of our grandparents. And if we were fortunate to have a grandfather in our life, we can remember some wisdom handed down from him, grandmother as well. The grandpas have a special way of teaching. Usually it's in short little quippy phrases that we can remember. And that's what we have today in our first reading. The, the reading we have is known as Yeshua ben Eliezer ben Sira. And it's a letter from a grandfather that was translated by a son. So Sira is grandpa, he's papa or opa. And he had a son, Eliezer, and he had a son, Yeshua. And Yeshua is who gives us this treasury of scripture today. The grandfather wrote it approximately 175 BC in Hebrew and his son Yeshua, or grandson Yeshua translated it in approximately 117 BC. And it's the wisdom of an old man to a son and grandson. In these 51 chapters so articulated is a lot of insight and wisdom, so much so that for many centuries, this book we know also by its Greek title, Ecclesiasticus, was called the Book of the Church. Because in these 51 chapters, you have really clear instructions on how to live. How to live, practical knowledge. And if you have an inspiration to do so, I encourage you to look at this beautiful book. We, we encountered it a few times through the liturgical years, through the liturgical year, but it's, a, it's an amazing book in a very concise way. It gives us a lot of insight. And today, what we find is the continuity and completeness of scripture because Sirah, the grandpa, is referencing the readings we've been referencing all week out of Kings, particularly yesterday's reading about chariots of fire and Eliza's uh, uh, assumption up into heaven. Grandson begins with a forward, so he has grandfather's wisdom, and then grandson, Yeshua, gives us this, inasmuch as many great truths have been given to us through the law, the prophets, and the authors who followed them, for which the instruction and wisdom of Israel merit praise, it is the duty of those who read the scriptures not only to become knowledgeable themselves, but also to use their love of learning and speech and in writing to help others less familiar. So my grandfather, who had long devoted himself to the study of the law, the prophets, and the rest of the books of our ancestors, and had acquired great familiarity with them, was moved to write something himself regarding instruction and wisdom. He did this so that those who love learning might, by accepting what he had written, make even greater progress in living according to the law. You are invited to read it with goodwill and intention, with indulgence for any failure on our part, despite earnest efforts, very humble statement, in the interpretation of particular passages. For words spoken originally in Hebrew do not have the same effect when they are translated into another language. That is true not only of this book, but of the law itself, the prophecies, and the rest of the books, which, di which, no little, which differ no little when they are read in the original. So here's a grandson acknowledging in great humility that he's now translating this into Greek and some of those ideas are not an exact movement into a different language. And in our reading today, we heard so beautifully read, <clears throat> we have, excuse me, out of chapter 48, this reference to Second Kings, which is that you, Eliza, you were taken aloft in a whirlwind in a chariot with fiery horses. And when Elijah was enveloped in the whirlwind, Elisha was filled with the Spirit. So we have from Sirach, 
this reference to something that happened, and that's included in his translation of wisdom, this knowledge that occurred. And yesterday, what was it? It was this testimony of the authenticity and faith that Eliza and Elisha both evidenced in a time of great turmoil and unrest in the kingdom. They are prophesying uh, between the year 730 and 700 BC, and this is before the Assyrian hordes will come south and devastate the land under Sennacherib. So they are prophesying in a truth and living in a truth at a time when the kings of the nation are not living in obedience with the word and with God's commands. That humility matters and that authenticity in life matters because as we look then to Matthew's gospel, we so eagerly hear from this morning, we have out of Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer given to us. And in, in, in school, in seminary, we learn naming conventions for parts of scripture so you know where they are. So Beatitudes, Matthew 5. Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6. Bread of Life, John 6. They're, they're just key places you know where to go. And, and in pastoral care, you have a ready reference, a ready library in your head of where perhaps to direct someone, where something may be helpful. And that's useful in our studies as we become more familiar and as we dwell and and gnaw on scripture, that's a nice Greek word, we gnaw on scripture each day, masticate scripture in our minds. Uh, we become very familiar where teachings are located and that's something we have as a responsibility as Christians and Catholics, don't we, is to become very familiar where things are located in scripture. Because in moments of anxiousness or uncertainty, we know where to go, we can find that anchor point again and find the stability we seek. Beautiful words today, much like a grandfather, now we have the father of all, the creator of all things, where Christ himself says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This very day, throughout the world, certainly in our country, there are many who are anxious about gatherings of large crowds for different reasons. Yet proximate to that person is someone else who's very anxious by the fact they are profoundly lonely. Isn't that interesting? There are those who are anxious about all the change that's happening, and next to that person is someone who's anxious because change isn't happening fast enough. Some woke up this morning hungry. They went to bed without sustenance. Others woke up this morning self-condemning because they've overindulged. Isn't that interesting? The, the paradoxes of, of life, and so we see that. We see that. Some woke up this morning cold, not able to get warm, and others woke up sweating because it's way too hot wherever they may find themselves. And so our Father knows all this. He knows all these things in our life. He knows it before we ask Him. And like Eliza and Elisha, and like the many greats, like Ben Sira, we are called in humility to go before our Lord and offer these, these prayers. And so the disciples seeking instruction from Jesus, on how to pray, he gives them this guidance. He tells them to ask for six things. You know, we as humans, sometimes we like to remember things numerically. Six things. There's six things you should pray for. And he gives that to us today, doesn't that? When you go before the Lord, you are to ask, us for, to ask the Father for these six things. First, he says, begin acknowledging who he is. Our Father, who are in heaven. Jesus says that. Our Father, not the Father. Our Father, who is where? In heaven. That's a testimony from Jesus Christ, God, Son of God. 
hallowed be your name. Hagiadzo is the Greek in which this is written by Matthew. Hagiadzo, to be made sacred, Hagiadzo. Here where I stand in beautiful St. Thomas, this is called the Hagion. We know it as sanctuary in our language, but Hagion is the Greek, the sacred place. The sacred place is the sanctuary. Hallowed be thy name. Sacred be your name, our Lord is telling us. Then he says, ask for the following things. Your kingdom to come. That kingdom, God, kingdom of God, come. That kingdom, come. Your will be done. So bring the kingdom, Father. And by the way, execute your will within that kingdom right here present among us. Give us today our daily bread. Doesn't say give us everything we ask for. Doesn't say give us abundance beyond need. Says give us today, this day, our daily bread. Give me sustenance to keep me alive today. That's a very practical prayer because it's in moderation that we usually find most joy. It's in moderation that we find most joy. Forgive us our debts, our transgressions. Forgive us those things we've done that are harmful to others, to ourself, and most importantly to the Father above, not recognizing of his blessedness, his hallowedness. Do so in accordance with the measure we use. So forgive us our debts as we forgive others. So in accordance with the measure we use, apply that, Father, to us. Do not subject us to the final test, is the translation of the Greek. We read it as... Do not lead us into temptation, which sounds odd, because God the Father would not lead us into temptation. The, as Sirach told us, sometimes words don't transfer, sometimes words don't translate. So the, the Greek writer of the first century would have known this as, do not put us to the final test. Don't, don't test me beyond my measure. And ultimately, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. St. Peter, in his letter, gives us this beautiful, similar reference. He tells us in his beautiful writing, he says this, So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your worries upon him, because he cares for you. Peter goes on, Be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that your fellow believers throughout the world undergo the same sufferings. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory through Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you after you have suffered a little. To him be dominion forever. It's our practice in St. Thomas. We conclude our liturgy with that beautiful prayer to St. Michael. Defend us in battle. It's a spiritual battle we fight every day, 24-7. Spiritual battle we fight. Protect us from that evil one who does prowl about the world. just like a roaring beast. He prowls about the world seeking the ruin of people. And we come each day in humility before our Lord, recognizing, number one, our Father who art in heaven. We say that in our prayer as part of the communion, right? Give us this day that which we need, our sustenance. Measure us as we measure others. and Help us to go forth, nourished by the blessed sacrament into the world, to fight that battle of spiritual truth, to defeat that evil one in our own lives, and to help those with whom we walk to do the same. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us.